0: Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. And now, here's your hosts, Noah
1: and Bjorn. Welcome to The Sweat Room, everybody, for our 16th episode. Just as a reminder, if you could like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, that would be great. We just want to bring you the best conversations that we can. And today is another good one. Bjorn. Who are we interviewing today?
2: Yeah, we are super excited today to have Tyler Smith join us. He is an NBA sports writer, a basketball coach, a pastor, and an author of the new book, Searching for Seven. He's also worked in the Christian music industry, and he currently resides in Indiana with his wife, Caitlin, and their two daughters, Addie and Ellie. So we're super excited to have Tyler on the podcast today.
1: Welcome to The Sweat Room, Tyler Smith. Thanks for joining us, Tyler. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Yeah, so we want to start out with the very first question. You're from Indiana. So being from Indiana, what was, what was it like to be there when Reggie Miller was there and when Peyton Manning was
2: there?
0: It was great. I mean, so many good memories growing up. Uh, both of those guys uh, just make you fall in love with sports. I mean with their interviews and their, their loyalty to the city and to the, you know, to the fans and um, you know, obviously had quite a bit of success uh, for both Pacers and Colts. And, you know, I don't think the Colts would even be in Indianapolis if it wasn't for number 18. Uh, I think, you know, before, before he came, they were kind of uh, a couple years away from leaving town. They were struggling in the standings and struggling to get people to go to the games. You couldn't Mm. even watch the games because they weren't even close to sellouts. And it was a basketball state still is, but you know, Peyton comes along, turns it into a football state as well. They built a brand new stadium, had a lot of success. So I owe a lot, you know, the whole city owes a lot to Peyton Manning.
2: Wow. Wow. That's so cool. I know it's super fun watching him and Marvin Harrison, just connecting some, some fun football to watch back when they were there. That was definitely cool. So I've got a question for you, Tyler, which Indiana team will win the next championship?
0: That's a tough one. I think both Pacers and Colts are kind of in that good but not great category. Um I I think there's probably a little more parity in the NFL, so I would lean towards the Colts if old man Rivers, <laughs> Philip Rivers, if he has anything left in the tank over the next year or two. They've <laughs> built a really good team around him. So, yeah. you know, Tom Brady is, is uh out of New England, so maybe I would say the Colts have a better chance, um, but I do think the Pacers are are pretty good and have a good future as well.
1: Sure, cool. With Vic Aladipo leading the way, and he's healthy, so that's good. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're also a youth pastor on the side, so that's pretty awesome. And one of the people, one of the guys that you had in your youth group was Nate Peterman. What was it like having the old Buffalo Bills quarterback? <laughs> and in your youth group what what is he like
0: the one and only nate peterman uh yeah he he's awesome i mean he uh, his, so his dad is the pastor at the church that i was working at uh, i believe when i got there it was uh halfway through his junior year so i had him for about a year and a half uh, before he went to uh, tennessee first and then transferred to pittsburgh mm-hmm. but man talk about a, a leader i mean you can see it Um, in the good times and bad times, he, he's a guy that keeps his faith, keeps his head up. Um, it's, it's a little tough when you know someone personally and you see them getting attacked on online and everything, but, Mm, you know, knowing him, knowing him and his family, they, I mean, they're awesome people. So, um, he's good to go. I mean, he stayed off social media a little bit, but, um, yeah, he was, uh, especially his senior year, he did a lot of things for the younger kids in the youth group, and I had him speak a few times, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you ever heard of CIY, but uh, CIY Conference had a video of him last summer, so he's uh, getting a chance to uh, you know use this platform for good, and uh, a lot of good memories with him.
2: Very cool. No, that's, that's, yeah, that's really awesome. So along with being a youth pastor, we know that you're a sports writer, how did you end up being a sports writer at Indie Sports Legend? Is that where you write? Is that who you write for? Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's one of them. The main one that I write for. Okay, cool. Um, so actually when I was, when I got a job in Florida, uh, Jacksonville, where Nate Peterman was, um, when I got that job uh, in youth ministry, I had this moment of like, I don't think these people are going to like the teams that I like and I need a outlet. I need some way to still talk about them because that's what I you know, talk about my <laughs> yeah. teams all the time. So I actually created a separate Twitter feed and blog and podcast and stuff for those teams. And over a few years, I was able to build a nice little following. And uh, this guy saw my work. He had created this website and he got a job to cover the thunder in Oklahoma City. And he didn't want his site to die. And so right about the time I moved home back to Indiana, he got that job. He saw my stuff, contacted me and uh you know set me up with that so pretty cool that was in 2014 so i've been doing it for a little wow. while um i always joke that uh justin bieber was discovered online and so was i right Exact same stuff
2: <laughs> <laughs> one in the same tyler smith yeah. justin bieber you and
1: justin bieber are in the same category that's yeah awesome. exact same <laughs> <laughs> so you guys i mean i assume that you have interviewed some some pretty notable players i'm sure is there one that sticks out
0: yeah so for you know the pacer side uh, a lot of good ones with paul george and oladipo um you know i've got to you know when kobe bryant was in his final uh, game in indy um mm-hmm. i was in the same room i didn't get a the microphone wasn't passed to me but i was there and it was really cool wow this past no this past november was probably the most surreal moment for me because I got to talk to Vince Carter in his last game ever in Indiana. And I got a chance to tell him that like, Hey, you know, we used to pretend to be you growing up um, because we love our (laughs) basketball here. And you, you outside of Pacer players, you were the guy that we pretended to be. And he was real, you know, humbled by it. And so that was cool. Um, And then, you know, every once in a while, like the, when Paul George came back as a member of the Clippers um, big, you know, hodgepodge of media around, I'm taking video. Everybody's taking video. He said something pretty juicy at the beginning and I looked around and everybody was still filming. So I was like, I'm going to go ahead and tweet this because if I'm the first tweet of him saying this, it's going to blow up. And it did. So I think what, what did George he for, say? Uh, <laughs> what was that? He, he said something, you know, it's been a couple years since he's been in Indiana and he still, he was asked about it and he was like, you know, someday I'm going to do a tell all on why I really left. And I'm not the one you should be booing. There's other people here you should be booing. And, you know, just kind of went on a rant. So I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and tweet this and uh, see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you miss Paul George at all? You personally? Um, I mean, I I miss uh, PG-24, you know, when he was number 24 and he was all about the team and the city. And and he's Mm. obviously a really good player. Something changed when he switched uniform numbers. I don't know what it was, but he was more about his brand. And, and, uh, so the you know, the things that they got or the players they got back for him, uh, I'm fully, fully on board with what happened.
2: The Paul George theory. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love it. No, that's, that's so cool. So I guess another question about sports writing is, are there some like go-to questions that you have sort of in your back pocket when you're interviewing somebody, um, that like, you know, this is a question that always gets a pretty good response or is a good opening or, you know, how do you sort of go about those interviews?
0: For me, I try to think of something that's not obvious and cliche. And I try to have a couple in my back pocket before, because sometimes if it's like a big player in a big moment, there's quite a few people. And so somebody may take your question, but if it kind of gets to you and you're just, you say something they've heard a million times, they're just kind of like, uh, But, you know, if you, uh, you know, based on that game and, uh, you know, like with Vince Carter, I was like, I want to talk about, Hey, like, Hey, do you have any memories from Indiana over the years? People want to know it's your last game. Um, and then get a chance to talk about the, the childhood stuff. Hmm. Um, but yeah, never, you should never say, talk about, they, they hate that. Hmm, (laughs) If you just say, talk, talk about this. And they're like, okay, what do you mean? Like they want specific questions.
2: Hmm. That's interesting. That's cool. So what, What's it like sort of being, I guess, bi-vocational and, you know, working full-time in youth ministry for a local church and then also writing and interviewing and that, like, how do you balance that? What's that kind of like?
0: I personally love it. I know it's not for everybody, but I feel like everything that I'm doing is for a purpose. If it was just for entertainment, I, you know, I wouldn't be able to handle it, but I really feel like each thing I do is for a reason Uh, I also think way back to college, I really learned how to, uh, plan, prioritize because I was involved in a lot in college, uh, playing a couple sports and in that Christian concert promotions company and, uh, had a long distance girlfriend and I was, had a weekend ministry two hours away. I mean, all this stuff, I learned how to look at, you know, each week in advance, make sure I'm getting the things done that I need to get done, prioritizing what's most important. So I had some practice, I guess. Um, Mm. but to have a supportive, loving family is key. And, uh, you know, when it's not basketball season, it's more of some other stuff and some youth trips and things like that. Um, basketball season's crazy, you know, doing the pacer thing and the coaching. Um, but we, we kind of, uh, you know, even those weeks we, we plan ahead and make sure we have family time and and all that good stuff. So, Mm. and it helps too, to have some jobs that are flexible with each other.
2: Right, sure, so what for you, and this is something I know I struggle with in in my job in my life, you know I'm coaching I'm working in ministry as well, and so I'm curious to hear your sort of response to this is what what does rest look like for you like what does it look to sort of rest, regroup, refresh um, yeah, what does that look like for you?
0: yeah, I think <laughs> making sure you know whether it's a Sunday or some other day of the week that you have um you know, less plans, um, which I feel like I'm able to do that still. Uh, I think even for me, periods of, you know, throughout the day, if I can just have like an hour or two to unwind, chill, you know, watch something on TV, watch sports, um, you know, do a little daily reading each day. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm good to go. Uh, you know, I guess in, in the things that I do outside of, um, outside of like a game that I'm coaching, everything else practice or coming to the office or writing. Um, I feel like they give life, they don't take it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, some of those things are like de-stressors. So I don't ever feel like I'm, Oh, I got all this stuff and this work. Like to me, it's like, I want, I want to come to the office. I want to write, I want to go to practice and coach and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So those that's helpful too. But you know, I've, um, I, I think, uh, I can't remember who said the quote, but they said, um, you know, physical rest won't help if it's your soul that's tired. And, uh, I, I, I try to, you know, live by that, you know, feed the soul and, you know, have rest, make sure you're going to the, to the well that, that won't run dry. Um, have those moments of, uh, of rest for your mind and soul as well.
1: That's awesome. Tyler, I would love for our listeners to know what, how did you come to know Christ and what is a little of your faith journey?
0: Yes. I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I owe a lot to my Christian parents and sister and, you know, church I grew up in, everything was great there. Um, but I will say I was, I was known as a Christian in high school, but it was more of the like, well, he doesn't do anything too bad. And he's, he goes to church kind of Christian. So I realized later in life, there's much more to it than just those things. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, accepted Christ at 14 and I had, as most people do, especially teenagers, a lot of, you know, roller coaster up ups and downs. Mm. Um it was really in college, which I know some people go the opposite way for this. They go to college and leave the church. But for me it was uh college was the time I got the most serious about my faith. Um went to Indiana State for a year, transferred to Bible college. God, you know, used basketball to get me to transfer. And then from there, it led me into youth ministry, so it was pretty crazy how it all worked out. But I owe a lot to my my family for my upbringing, and then I owe a lot to other Christian brothers and sisters that you know walked walked the walk uh, with me um, specifically in college years to show me what it really looked like to follow him every day.
2: Mm, that's so good. And so you've mentioned that you played basketball in college and that you're coaching now um, and you're coaching high school, is that correct?: Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, what have you learned throughout your years playing and coaching about your faith through sport? What like lessons have you learned either about God and His character, about your personal faith? I
0: think probably the top thing that I've that sports have taught me about life and faith is that we should always be, or we should never be too high or too low. Um, I I try to take this even keeled approach to life. And you can think of sports or life where things are going really well. Well, they can go downhill in a split second. You know, you can get bad news. You can, you know, somebody can pass away. Like, you know, all these horrible things could happen just like that. So even when things are going well, stay humble. And then if things are going bad, stay faithful, stay hungry, keep working. Um, that's probably the top thing. Um, other than that, just the, the idea of uh, teamwork and, you know, character building, Um, humility, like all this, all this stuff that, you know, you can make parallels to life and sports, which I've loved, but that's probably the top thing I've learned from it.
2: Absolutely. That's, that's so good. And that kind of brings us to our next question. And thing we want to talk about is you're also an author and we haven't really talked about that yet. We've talked about your, you know, life as a sports writer and as a youth pastor, but you're also a writer and an author and just had a book published. So could you tell our listeners what the name of your book is and really kind of how that came to be? What inspired you to write this book? Um, and what is it all about?
0: Yeah, it's called Searching for Seven. And uh, the seven's kind of a double meaning. It can mean the number of God where you know I'm looking for him. Um, I'm also looking for my own faith seven days a week. And uh, I had the desire to write it about four or five years ago. Um, It was one of those things where I started to write down some notes and chapter ideas. I wanted to combine ministry teaching experience with writing experience that I've had, Uh, been through some crazy things in life. So I I feel like I have all these stories that I want to share and the kind of books that I like to read personally are the short chapters, a lot of stories, scripture that goes with it. So that was my my goal, but um, didn't have a title when I first started writing. But I it, I figured out that it was all kind of cohesive in this idea of hmm. what does it look like to look for God every day, not just church, not just uh, when tragedy strikes, not just when you know you get that promotion or good news happens. Like what does it look like in the routine of life every day to look for God, to you know seek Him, because I believe He seeks us and pursues us, but if we don't seek Him. You know, we're not going to live the life he he called for us to live. We're not going to impact others as much as we should, and there's a lot that goes with that. So it's a little bit of the the journey in, in, into writing it. Twenty eight, end of 2018 is when I finally decided, okay, it's time. So I, uh, 2019, uh, committed that year uh, to writing, and it just came out in June.
2: Cool. So during that process of writing, what was because I, I think of writing a book, and I think of wow, that's a, such a daunting tasks. Like it looked so big. Like, I don't even know what all goes into that. Now you're a writer. So it's probably a little bit easier maybe for you than me, but what was maybe something that was very difficult in that process that maybe you didn't expect when you first said, I want to write this book and drop some ideas down. Like what was sort of the, what was some of the hardest parts?
0: I'm a pretty patient person, but it's sometimes it's hard to be patient when writing because like, say you have one really good chapter and you're just like, I want to get it done and I want to get it out there. People need to see it. Like, how long is it going to take? Because, you know, I started writing in probably February or March of uh, 2019 and it was a good, you know, 15 months before it came out. So hmm. that patience, but you have to be patient because I feel like, especially a Christian book, God's going to reveal new things as you go. And it's like, oh yeah, like it could be August. I'm like that chapter wrote in February, I want to add this to it. So it's like, it's like a balancing act of, am I going too fast? But I also want to get it out there. So yeah, it was interesting, but. What, what was that for you? What did you have to put in? What did you have to take
1: out? Do you remember anything
0: of that? Yeah, there, there was a few things. Cause in the book there's, I mean, there's some stories I share even from high school or college years mm-hmm. ago. And then some that were very recent. I talk about some, you know, fatherhood things and um, sports writing and all that stuff. But Um, there was a lot of things, whether sometimes it was just like a line or two, I was like, Oh, I need that. Or like, Oh yeah, that quote from AW Tozer that I just read fits really good here. You know, Mm -hmm. like those kind of things. And sometimes it would be, well, I had this idea for a chapter, but it's not, I want to do short chapters, but this one's way too short. This is like a blog post. So what can I do? And I was like, okay, maybe actually this one fits that chapter we'll just turn mm. it into one chapter put a different sub you know headline on it and then make you know so it's kind of fun but also the patience thing had to come
2: in there it's <laughs> like it's like a puzzle you've got all these experiences knowledge wisdom in your head how do you put it on paper to communicate to someone so yeah. another question about writing your book and and all that like obviously you know Your book is somebody that so many people can read and learn from and glean wisdom from you. What is that? Is there something or what is something that you learned personally while writing this book?
0: Big thing I think is it's a personal challenge whenever you have any kind of creative endeavor to live out what you're doing, and it could be anything. But for me, like, um, one example I thought of is. Uh, big Switchfoot fan, Christian band, uh, John Foreman. Um, he once said that, you know, if I'm going to sing it, I need to live it. Mm. And it's like a challenge. So for me, it was like, if I'm writing all this down, I need to, <laughs> I need to be living this. I can't just write it and then ignore it. So for me, and I've heard other authors say this, and it's definitely true. Like sometimes I'll open the book and be like, Oh yeah. I mean, I just wrote it, but it's like, or I'll be like, what did I say again in chapter four? And I go back and Oh yeah. Cause sometimes it's like, what I hope to believe is, you know, God's helping you and, you know, inspiring some things, but, um, it's good for me to be like have kind of my own personal playbook of like, I need to live this out. It's a challenge. So I would encourage, you know, whatever endeavor you're doing, whatever work you're doing to, you know, put stuff out there that way you can, you know, challenge yourself to follow through with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, as we come to a close today, how can people find your work and find your book?
0: Uh, the best place is the book's website, searching for dot Uh, cause it has, you know, direct links. If you're interested, um, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, I think target some other places, but that has the direct links. Um, but also even if you don't want to buy the book and want to connect with me somehow, there's, um, like social media links and personal blog and all that stuff. So I would love to, uh, talk with people. I actually put my, my phone number in the back of the book, which is, a uh, out of the Bob Goff playbook. Yeah, you're t- uh,
1: it's totally Bob Goff. That's yeah, what I was going to say. That's awesome. So, What made you so, do yeah, that?
0: I, well, I mean, when he did it and I was like, and he's going to sell like millions of copies, you know? Um, but I think it was. <sighs> Have you had like, any weird uh, phone calls? I've had some text messages. I've oh, had really? some text cool. messages. Yeah. But, uh, and, and I, I keep joking with my friends. Like as soon as I get a text, it's like, you know, your book is horrible and I hate you. I'll be like, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> If I have some haters, I'll know I made it. But yeah, I just like the, that whole idea of continuing the conversation. And, you know, if somebody has a question or wants to connect, then I'm um, I'm an open book. So that's awesome. I'm willing it, to do that.
2: Yeah. I, I can tell that you sort of work in the media with your writing when, you know, negative PR is still good PR. Because um, yeah. I'm sure with, you know, with writing, like if people hate your work and whatever, it's like, Sometimes that acknowledgement can be good. Like if you tweet yeah, something and people are like, I totally disagree. It's like, yeah, comment on my post, like share it. Yeah. Be angry. That's good. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. So, last thing here, are there any just sort of final thoughts, closing remarks that you have for our listeners?
0: I think, you know, my biggest thing is I just want to encourage people just to know that we're all on this journey. Um, I think faith, the Christian life, is meant to be a journey. And whether you're in sports or, uh, other work or you know anything in life really, um, we've got to be looking for God. I, I think too many people want God to show up and they want Him to be real, but maybe they themselves don't do anything to seek Him. And there's mm-hmm. so many things. And what works for me may not work for you, but be intentional about finding how you feel closest to God and how you hear from God and how you experience His presence. Um, do it with other Christians and, and figure out what works for you because it's completely worth it. So.
2: Mm wow that's so good well thank you so much for being with us today tyler i know i learned a lot just hearing some of your stories and i look forward to getting a copy of your book and giving that a read and and hearing some of those stories you have to share in there and i hope that some of our listeners do too so thanks for being with us today tyler
0: thanks a lot appreciate it
1: thank you so much for joining us tyler that was great bjorn what were some of your thoughts from today
2: Yeah, first and foremost, I loved what he had to say about balancing his time and finding rest and just how important it is for him to set aside a time for his family and for his wife and, you know, having a few different jobs having, you know, sort of dipping his toes in a few different pools, doing different things, having different responsibilities. Um, but also always making time for what's most important. Uh, and I think that's something very easy for us to lose sight of in the midst of the busyness is that we still need to refresh and fill up our soul and find what, what gives us life. Um, it, it's so awesome to hear just that Tyler has been doing so many things that do give him life, you know, Writing and doing stuff with the youth and coaching on the basketball court, um, how he can do those things and that brings life to him and it energizes him and it isn't just, you know, making him tired all the time. So it's great to hear about that. I also loved hearing about his book. I just love that. Searching for Seven. I think that's such a great concept of. Let's search for Christ seven days a week. Let's not be somebody who only seeks God on Sundays. Totally. Because, you know, when, when you do that, you're going you're gonna to fall short. What are you doing the rest of the six days? You know, and so I think that's so important. I'm going to definitely take that away from here is, you know, I'm going to I'm going to search for God seven days a week or searching for seven, seven meaning perfection, meaning God himself. Just seek God, seek and you will find if we seek after him, we'll find him and we'll learn because God is always speaking to you. Always. He always has something to say to you. But the real question is, are you listening? Are you listening to what God has to say to you? Are you searching for him as he searches for you? So that's something I want to challenge you guys with. And if you want to know more, I really encourage you to go check out that book. And Tyler told us that there's questions in the back for discussion. And so you can do that with a small group. It would be a great book to go through. And And you can call him. And you can call him. His phone number is in the back there. So give him a call. Talk to him. He's a great guy, really down-to-earth. Earth has a lot of wisdom so Noah what was what was a reflection point for you on this episode today?
1: Yeah there is a few first off I really appreciated you Tyler I lived in Indiana for a few years so I've come to appreciate Indiana sports especially Peyton Manning being a Broncos fan I mean in a different way I appreciate Peyton Manning but yeah I, I, you, were, you were so great you, you can tell you have such a passion just for sports and just for people um, and what a small world you had Nate Peterman in your youth group and it was great hearing a different side of, of Nate and how he's such a genuine guy um, I really love that but I think my favorite thing that you said in in the podcast when was when you were talking about switchfoot um, and when you sing it you you got to live it too uh, being consistent on and off I, I really enjoyed that and um, and it's so true I, I, I think it, especially if you're writing a book if we're doing a podcast are, are you living what you're saying? Um, And and that's so sobering and it makes you really step, step back and really evaluate. So, yeah, you did a great job today, Tyler. Thanks for coming on. Next week, everybody, we're so excited for you to tune in with my professor from Taylor University, who also is a sports writer for the Columbus Dispatch, Rob Aller. Here's an excerpt of Rob Aller.
0: And I remember walking up to
1: a Cleveland Brown player once after a tough loss, and he was just bent over at his locker stall in a white towel oh, draped over his head. I only know who it was because the name on the locker, but I needed to talk to him because he usually was a good talker, as we say in the business. <laughs> and I walked up to him, and I said, you got a minute? Because that's what you always do. Yeah, you, you hope you do. You, know, uh, you got a second? probably wasn't a minute in this situation you got a second and he just you can see the towel just shaking no he says
2: go away thank you for listening to the sweat room where we get it got it and give it
0: thanks for listening to the sweat room a podcast of watermark wesley and church